Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you so much for checking it out, downloading, streaming, whatever it is that you do. Appreciate you doing so. And it's always good to have everybody tuned in, hearing from people all over the world that listen to and enjoy this podcast each and every week. And I greatly appreciate that. As usual, if you'd like to find a uh, schedule of my upcoming appearances, be sure to go to my website, which is eddytrunk.com. Coming up next, I will be in Detroit. Coming up on July 1st at Harpo's, where I will be hosting a show with the reunited L.A. Guns. And then from there, go over to Lima, Ohio for the Loud and Lima Festival. Then heading out to Northern California soon, Sierra View Music Festival. All the stuff I got going on, you'll find on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. So have a look when you get a chance. Try to come out and see me and say hello if you can. And again, as uh, stuff is added and revised, it is all there for you to check out right on the homepage of my website. As usual, be sure to follow on Twitter. That's for up to the second news and update at Eddie Trunk and also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Be sure to check out my radio show every day, Monday to Friday, live on Sirius XM channel 106 volume, live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And if you have Sirius or XM, you can grab it on demand and listen anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. My terrestrial radio show is out there on syndicated radio stations every weekend. Complete list of stations is on my website. And of course, this podcast posting new every Thursday. Some other cool new stuff coming as well. So keep an eye on all my social media. The Trunk Report is my blog on eddytrunk.com. Keep you updated there as well. And remember, this podcast is free each and every week because of our great sponsors. 
If you go to podcastone.com, you'll find all the sponsors of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And because of them, we can bring you this each week with limited ads at no cost to you. Remember, if you heard a sponsor that you want to try out or maybe forgot about a sponsor you may have heard of on this show, all you got to do is access them at the Killer Deals button, podcastone.com. Go to the Eddie Trunk Podcast page. Just search for it. When it comes up, you'll see Killer Deals. You can check all my sponsors there. Buy through those links. It helps us out greatly for you to do that, including Amazon. Be sure to check out Amazon.com and their affiliated sites. Just do it through my page at podcastone.com. That is greatly, greatly appreciated. So hope everybody had a good Father's Day. I uh, I spent some time with the kids. That was nice and had a chance to do some family stuff this past weekend. Whatever you guys did, all the dads out there, fellow dads, happy Father's Day to you. And hope it was a, a good weekend. I've got a little trip coming up, taking a little vacation next week, headed out to Orlando doing the Universal Studios bit. I've never done that one before, so that's a good way to break into the summer for the kids and uh, my kids just getting out of school, actually. They they get out very late in New Jersey. So getting a little time in with them before the summer is bound to go bonkers for me. I've got a lot of festivals, a lot of things coming up I'm going to be doing. Got a brand new project on the TV side that I'll be announcing very, very soon that's going to have me doing some traveling. No, unfortunately, it's not related to that metal show. But it's pretty cool, just the same. And when I can share details and information about it, I certainly will. Something I can tell you about that I did this past weekend is attend Peter Chris's final live performance. Now, as some of you guys have probably heard, Peter Chris did a show in New York City at a really nice place called The Cutting Room this past weekend. It was on Saturday night. And Peter and I are friends, and uh, as as I am with his wife, Gigi, and she was nice enough to invite me to this event. And it was really a very, very special, very cool night. Being totally honest with you, I did not know what to expect. Peter Chris has been largely absent from touring and playing live for close to 15 years with a couple sporadic exceptions in there. So you wonder how a guy like that is going to do at 71 years old, getting back up on stage, both playing and singing. And you just don't know what you're going to get in a setting like that because predominantly he had been so inactive for so long. And I got to tell you, I was pleasantly blown away and surprised at how great Peter was. He really put a lot of work into getting himself in great shape for this show, both vocally and playing drums. He went out exactly how he would like to go out, if you know anything about Peter Chris, on his terms, a really cool band. You know, Peter's background is very much rooted in R&B and jazz. His hero was Gene Krupa, the uh, great jazz drummer. And Peter went and played a smaller venue. He He... He, it was like a dinner theater sort of vibe. All the people who, who bought tickets also got dinner and got to sit there and watch Peter play a little bit of different parts of his career. Did some really cool versions of Kiss songs with a big band behind him. Even did like Strutter and Nothing to Lose. It had like a horn section in it. He did Beth with a full orchestra. 
just brilliant stuff. Did some stuff from his 78 record, channeled his sort of R&B flavor that he loves so much, and ended doing a Gene Krupa cover. And I talked to him during the show. I mean, that's exactly how he wanted to wrap up the performing time in his life. And he did it extremely well. Carmine Apice, among the other drummers that were there in the audience watching, saw Richie Scarlett there as well. Really a great time. Very emotional. As you would imagine, Peter Chris in his hometown, wrapping up and saying farewell to performing. And if you ask why, it's simply because at 71, he feels it's time and Artists should know when it's time to hang it up as far as playing live. Some and many stay too long at the party, quite frankly. So credit to Peter for knowing when to call it a day and doing it in such a cool, classy way. It was not a big media event. It was not well covered. It wasn't out there in the press. There were no publicists. There were no handlers. There were no managers. It was just Peter with his wife running the show, taking over a small, very nice venue in New York City and ending his performing career the way he wanted to. And it really was done incredibly well. Very emotional for him, as you would imagine, as it was for the audience, seeing one of the great, great uh, founding members of one of the great bands of all time, Kiss, calling it quits as far as performing live. And I got to tell you, having watched it this past weekend, I walked away from it saying, why is he calling it quits? Because he was that good. If, if he wasn't that good, I would say, well, I get it. But he was really that good. And I, for a long time, I said I didn't think Kiss could ever do a reunion tour with all four original members again. Coming out of this past weekend, I still don't think they could do a tour but I do think they could do at least do one final show if they wanted to. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's how good Peter got his playing and vocals in shape for this show. And it was really great to see. It really was. And I'll say this and I'll say it again, and I've said it a million times. There is no substitute for what the four of those original members of KISS brought to that band. When you see them even individually, when you see Peter or you see Ace, you see the intangibles that they brought to KISS, which makes the original lineup so loved and so sacred. There is no substitute for it, no matter how you slice it. And it was really, really good to see Peter happy, healthy, playing so well, and saying farewell to his hardcore fans. And the last thing on this that I'll tell you is this show was filmed so it is possible that at some point we'll get some sort of DVD or some footage of this out there online. I periscoped some stuff. I texted about it, tweeted about it, but it was professionally shot. So look forward to maybe getting some document of this very special night somewhere in the near future. I'll, of course, keep you posted on that. Speaking of drummers, our guest on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast is a great one. Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Chicken Foot. This was really cool how this happened. Like many of the interviews you hear on this podcast, this happened on my show on volume on Sirius XM. And Chad hit me up on Twitter through DM. And he's like, yeah, man, I got to come on your shows one of the, show one of these days. And he was also nice enough to invite me to a Chili Peppers show at the Garden in New York. But I was unable to get there for that. But one day he hit me and I go, hey, how about you call in today? And he said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And we had like an hour plus phone conversation. And that's what you're about to hear. And it was a great talk. And it was really fun to talk to Chad Smith. I've met him a couple of times. I don't know him very well. 
fan of his playing. And uh, we just had a great conversation, just just shooting the breeze. Really no agenda, nothing to promote. And like I said, often those are some of the best interviews and some of my favorite interviews. So that'll be coming up in a matter of minutes on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Chicken Foot talking about all kinds of stuff. I think you're going to really love this conversation. So let's get to it. We'll uh, come back with that right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, you guys, if you're looking to buy a car, what's the one thing you want? You want to make sure that you're getting real pricing, pricing on actual inventory. And unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case because people can figure cars online and only later find out, guess what? The car's not available. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory, not pricing offered by True Car. That's not what this is, but this is pricing from an actual dealer and not just any dealer. Here's the important part, a True Car certified dealer. Carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a great competitive market price. Using True Car, you can easily find the car you want. True Car will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and now you know what a fair price is so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars, that's right, 3 million have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network, and there's over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer contact, and True Car users, well, they're more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with the True Car Certified Dealer. And you can save an average of over 3000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Hey everybody, this is Spike Ferrison from Spike's Car Radio. We're out here in the porch of uh, at the Malibu Kitchen at the Malibu Country Mart every weekend doing podcasts. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. We're going to have Jeremy Piven. We're going to have Chris Hardwick. See you soon on Spike Scar Radio. I think he's over-projecting for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to over-project for podcasts. Join me every week at podcast1.com and Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, let's get into it with Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and, of course, Chicken Foot. Chad was nice enough to give me a ring on a day off from the Chili Peppers tour, and we talked about all sorts of things, including the Chili Peppers, including Chicken Foot, and a whole lot more. So this, again, originates from my show on volume on Sirius XM Channel 106, which you can hear live Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, and that show replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and that's where this interview originated. Chad Smith of the Chili Peppers on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. How are you, Chad? Good to talk to you, man. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, what do you usually do on your days off from the Chili Peppers besides call radio shows? Anything good that you usually like to do? <laughs> um, no. I travel and, you know, I do I do things. I get around a little bit. Maybe, maybe taking some uh, – I'm in Indianapolis, so uh, – for your stewardship, I'm going to go tomorrow and watch uh, watch some practice races tomorrow. Did you hook that up? Was that a good c- contact I gave you? Yes, you did. Thank you very much. All right. I'm glad yeah, that worked out. Very cool. He's like, oh, yeah, come by. It's like five minutes away. 
Yeah, a good friend of mine, Brian Slagle, who runs Metal Blade Records, he hit me up and he said, I know you know Chad and I know some some guys at Penske and I know they're in indie, so if they want to go, and I'm glad it all worked out for you, man. There's a lot of people that that think, you know, oh, Chili Peppers on tour, day off, there must be some crazy rock and roll shenanigans going on. And, you know, it's not the illusion is not the reality often, is it, Chad? Maybe it was back in the day. Yeah, but more back in the day would be getting up to to lots of shenanigans. But, uh, yeah, a little bit less these days. We, we, uh We've been on tour about a year now, so we're we're well into it, and and it's uh, really just try to do what you got to do to 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 uh, uh, to be able to just perform at the at the best level that you can. So we just we all have our own things that we do, and you know you try to rest and and uh, but also you can take in some of the sights when that when there's cool things to do. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm just um, I'm just relaxing today. It's all good. Louisville last night was fun and short drive last night, so uh, I'm good. Overall, the tour's been going well and in support of the getaway. Everything, the dates have been going good. You guys have yeah. been out there for a while. You still have a little ways to go, too, right? Yeah, we got a little bit more, um, but yeah, it's been going good. Hey, you know, people coming out to see us, and um, you know, Ed, when you've been in a, a band for 35 years or whatever it is, it's uh, it's still amazing to me to to go and and see full arenas of people just rocking out and having a great time. And, and I get the best job in the world. It's awesome. Kind of blows that whole theory that people try to float out there from time to time that enrages me when they say, oh, rock music's dead. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> and, the, I mean, you, you know, your take on that, I assume, would be quite the, the difference uh, from what you see with the Chili Peppers. Yeah, you know, we're we're just, like I said, we're so grateful and fortunate to do what we love to do and, and uh and get out there and play all over the world and, and people, you know, young people coming out and seeing us. And I see, you know, parents and, 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 and teenagers high-fiving and singing our songs and stuff. It's, it's, it's really amazing. So, yeah, no, rock is alive and well, my friend, as you know. Well, I will not argue with you at all on that. <laughs> you know, you you talked about being in in – the the level of you know getting some rest and stuff with the Chili Peppers. I mean, you've been in the band since is it eighty eight? Am I correct yeah. on that? Eighty eight. So yeah. you've you're coming up on um, thirty years. Well, I'm really bad with math, but you're coming up on thirty <laughs> years. And don't remind and me. Oh my god, you're coming up on thirty years, Chad. And what's incredible is anybody that's seen the Chili Peppers, and there's many that have or know anything about the band. It is it is about as high energy as it gets from all of you guys up there. You you've been hitting it hard for thirty years, and I mean the drums. When I say hitting it hard, <laughs> when you do you have aches and pains and ailments? Because I talk to a lot of drummers who have been doing it for a long time, and they do start to feel it, and they do ha- have to do different things to get ready to play. How are you feeling? Um, you know, yeah, it's it's you, you think that you're like twenty five because it, it, you've been just doing the same thing that you've been doing, and for me, since I was a young kid so um you know and then for me right out of high school i started playing professionally and and then uh you know a few years later i joined the chili peppers so i've been playing non-stop and i think that's part of the reason why um you're right we we our, our performances are very sort of athletic and and we put a lot into it and it's it's um you just got to take care of yourself as you get older 
you know, I'm 54 years old now. It just blows my mind that, that, you know, and I'm still doing this thing that I was doing when I was a teenager. So I feel like a teenager. But when after a gig, we're like, you know, the dressing room looks a little bit like an infirmary. We got our ice packs and everyone's, you know, doing what they got to do to to uh, sort of, um, you know, we do kind of maintenance. But um, I'm knocking on wood that, that, no, I haven't had any... Um, any drumming oriented stuff that's that's uh, messed me up. You know, I'll get in a motorcycle accident here and there, or a softball <laughs> uh, breaking arm or whatever. You know, doing silly things sometimes. But um, I've been really lucky that uh, now once in a while, you know, I get some inflammation and stuff and get a little a little sore. But um, no, I think it's kind of use it or lose it thing. You know, you just keep doing it. I think when you stop, and especially some drummers I talk to. It's like Stuart Copeland stuff when they when they've stopped playing, and then they go back to do it when you're a little bit older. It's uh, it it can be it can be a little tougher because your your body's not used to it. Yeah, you know, I was just having a similar conversation with Lars Ulrich because I went yeah. to see Metallica over the weekend, and I was you talk about the perceptions of what goes on backstage. And again, early in their career, Metallica was called Alcoholica. They were so out of their mind. And now you go backstage, and I'm in the dressing room, and I'm talking to Lars and Kirk, and <laughs> Kirk comes out. He's got his yoga mat under his arm. He's like, hey, bro, yeah, I just got to go get some yoga in. Lars is drink, you know, last time I saw Lars, he's drinking like a protein shake. He's walking around. He's got to get, he saw him the other day. Hey, man, I'm getting stretched out. Come walk over here. So it, fortunately, bands like the Chili Peppers, Metallica, the level you're at, you guys are able to travel and have the amenities you need to make things more comfortable and have people and have resources to, to do things like that. Um, you know, they had their own chef. I mean, they had a lot of stuff that, obviously younger you know bands at, at certain levels can't have but that all helps and i mean i would think you know that i believe rock and roll does keep you young but having those sort of things and and having the light go off and taking a little bit better care of yourself is uh is a big help too and kirk was like take anything you want to drink he goes there's tons of beers in there because no but none of us even drink anymore <laughs> so it's like it's a totally it's a totally you know for the for the guys that wise up and realize yeah every once in a while you can cut loose you got to pick your spots but you can't it isn't it isn't 88 anymore it's it's a, you gotta you gotta be able to adapt yeah i mean i, I that that we're in the same boat that totally makes sense we're we're very fortunate we can we do travel with with uh, a chef and the same thing and 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 watch what you eat and um yeah we're the same way we used to you know hit hard and and um yeah the the booze and the drugs were the were the that was the main thing that you like the gigs were getting in the way of your party <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i gotta play for two hours oh man what are we gonna do after but um what was yeah, that what was the great chat that's, chat that's what you do it's all part of it I, I think that's normal and it seems and and you don't really know till you get there you know and you and you, you don't bounce back like you used to and, and that's true but if you really care about you know going out and playing at the best at your level at, at the best that you can which we take a lot of pride in that and probably as metallica sounds like to do too you know you just you can't do it like that anymore there's just no way you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fall apart so you figure it out you know and, and i think everyone kind of figures it out on their own some try to go longer than others and and uh you know it's uh 
it's just it's just it's just the reality of 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 the way that we do our thing and and when you really care about people are out there paying you know their top dollar for for concerts and there's only so many shows they want to go to and you can't go out there and 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 you know be hung over or or you know not at the best that you can be and and we really like i said we take a lot of pride in that and and so we uh we do everything we can is geared towards you know being in the best shape you can when you're when you're out there on on the road. I was going to ask you back in the day was there ever a time that you went on stage and you were either hammered or hung over and you felt it affected your performance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> Many times. I'm not going to even like ugh. It, People come up to me like, "Do you remember we had the blah 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 gig?" And I'm like, "I don't remember. I don't even remember the show. What? Oh yeah, and you you know pulled your dick out." And I'm no, I don't remember that. So you know, yeah, we had but, you know, we had we had all that stuff, and it was great. No no regrets. I mean, you know, you you gotta make your choices, and and um, things happen, and and you know sometimes you want to indulge and and um that's what you do you know that's that's when i was a kid man i was like i wanted to i wanted to be like led zeppelin and the drugs and the sex and the rock and roll i I was i was all about that so like i definitely lived that for a while and it it was it was great for sure you you watch all to me it's a young man's game so when i see these young bands and they're getting all wasted and playing but then, you know, if you're 24 years old, you can get up and do it the next day. It's fine. You sleep in the back of a van on top of a road case, and, you know, it, that's it. That's what you did. And you played 30 shows and 30 nights. and But you're, like, loving it. You know, you're living the dream. And that's all part of it. And, and, and I, I I totally get it. But, like, now there's no way. I couldn't do it. And the thing with the Chili Peppers is you guys kind of painted yourself into a corner because you have such high-energy shows. You can't get up there and just stand there. You know, Flea can't just stand there. He's got to be Flea. Anthony can't just stand there. You, you've got to bring it, and you, you've set that bar where it's got to be – it's got to – you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big legacy to live up to. Yeah. Well, um, we pride ourselves in, in really, you know, putting on a, a really – amazing performance we want people to just walk away like wow i've I've seen anything like that you know and 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 that's amazing yeah you know so it it also poses the question how long do you do it till you feel like i want to be able to perform at the level that that you know that what you know you expect and what people expect from you and and we have set this live thing where people are like you know go see the chili peppers it's it's you won't see anything like it. And uh, when you can't do that anymore, you got to really take some stock and go, you know, we're not going to be sitting on, you know, stools up there playing our songs. <laughs> not, you know, so. Uh, have you guys, have you guys had that conversation? Do we can do it like this. I really don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see how it goes. Have you talked about that internally? Has there been discussions about how? Because how, I'm I'm a big believer in even if I love a band to death, I'd rather have them end than stay too long at the party and then say, "Oh yep. man, they lost a step." I yep. truly, truly feel that way, and I think there are a lot of bands staying too long, and there are bands that got out when they they should have. Have you yeah. thought? Have you guys had internal conversations about that? You know, um, I don't think as a collective, flea. Not too long ago, we were we were somewhere and and we were riding in a in the in a van on the way after a gig and he was like 
how much longer do you think we should how do how do you think we should end this <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I don't know you know I, I want to make records you know I still love making records but the touring part I don't know if we can continue I mean the three of us are 54 years old Anthony me and 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 Flea. Josh is is 38 or 39 so he's he's a young man uh but I don't I don't know um if we can continue to do the long tours the the year year and a half that we normally do um that's a good question like the next album cycle that we do another tour uh, it'll be something maybe that'll be brought up like you know will we um do you know what tour the way we have in the past i know metallica does um James has kind of a, a thing. It's like 50 shows a year. That's it. Yeah, and they'll do two weeks off, and then they'll take off. Like, they play tonight, and then they take a break for a couple weeks, and they go back. Right, right. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So it takes longer to get around to the world. That's the thing. Everybody wants to see you, which is you're so lucky. But, um you know, it takes a long time that way. And we all have families and different things. You know, your priorities shift a little bit. It's, 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 um, you know, it's, it's a little uncharted water. You kind of, you kind of see what, what's going to work for you. Maybe doesn't necessarily work for other bands, but, um, again, I'm, we're just so, um, grateful that people want to come and see us play and, and we love to perform. I just, I, I don't know in the future what, uh, how that's going to look. We'll see. Latest Chili Peppers album is called The Getaway. It's out now, and you can see the Chili Peppers. Just go to the band's website. You'll see all the dates for every listening in the country and try to catch a show near you. Chad Smith is joining us here. We'll be right back with more with Chad Smith on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, I've been telling you guys about Blue Apron for a while. It is an awesome service. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. You'll find out that reason if you try them. They have incredible ingredients, top quality stuff. It comes to your door as often as you want. You get to pick some of the things you like and you don't like. You get menu cards, or I should say recipe cards, which you can hold on to. Always great to go back and reference if you get some dishes you really liked. Everything is pre-measured, ready to go. Trust me, I cannot cook, and I can cook with Blue Apron and cook great fresh, affordable, healthy meals, and it's a lot of fun. When the box shows up every week, the kids love to tear into it, pull out all the ingredients, you put them in the fridge, you put them in the freezer. When you're ready to go, you got your food for the week, and you get to pick some great stuff, including warm, smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and garlic croutons, spiced zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice, those are just some of the dishes. How about peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil? That's just a few of the things that Blue Apron has on their current menu. Again, you can you can kind of pick and choose what you want. Less than 10 bucks a person per meal. You get to cook it up. It's flexible. It's easy. You're going to love it. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. So there you go. There's how you try it, free, with free shipping. 
Go to blueapron.com slash Eddie Trunk, E-D-D-I-E-T-R-U-N-K. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Eddie Trunk. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. The best in paranormal talk radio is here on Podcast One as part of the Jericho Network. Beyond the Darkness examines all aspects of the supernatural every day, Monday through Friday. And now, the same team behind Beyond the Darkness bring you the most frighteningly real-life dramas on True Crime Tuesday. Subscribe now by visiting darknessradio.com. Then, click the True Crime Tuesday banner. Again, that's True Crime Tuesday. Visit darknessradio.com and click the True Crime Tuesday banner. Subscribe now. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, we're back with more on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast with Chad Smith. So, um, hey, hey, Eddie, Eddie, do you remember when when you were doing um, that metal shop and you came and interviewed Chicken Foot at the Irving Plaza? I talked about it before you came on. We did that metal show, and you jumped, and jumped over the railing. Over the railing. <laughs> Do you remember why you jumped over the railing? Yeah, I think you guys were giving Mike some shit about like, yep. that, like you know, about Wolfgang or something, yep. or yeah, well, something. I felt like that, that you know. You were just being straightforward with it, you know, which was fine. We were just – well, the thing is is this. Michael is a dear friend. I was just with him last week in L.A. I love him to death, as mm-hmm. I love Sammy and Joe. I love all those guys, and we're all friends, and we all text and talk and, and all that. And we – it was a ballsy thing for me to do, but I knew knowing the the dynamic of you guys, especially those three and knowing them well, and that they can take a joke and have fun and roll with stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just after Wolfie was announced in Van Halen officially, and I said to Joe, I said to Joe, I go, Joe, you have any kids? And he said, yeah. I said, well, if one is, is one of them going to become the new bass player in Chickenfoot and replace Michael Anthony? And everybody threw the mic at me and started punching me and putting me in headlock. And right. I'll never forget this. I said this earlier, Chad, before you came on with me. I was like, you, you that's like a 15-foot drop, and you went right off the railing. And I'm like, Jesus, this guy plays drums. He's got to use his feet. And and the three of them, while you were gone, because you ran, eventually ran back up and got back in the shot, but while you were gone, they, they were unfazed by it. They're like, oh, yeah, he does shit like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it on video. You know, it's, it's, hey, it's, I'm an entertainer, you know? Hey, hey. Yeah, but I was, you know what? I was. I looked over the rail, and I went, ah, oh, that doesn't look too bad. And then, and then when I jumped, I went, oh, shit, this is a little farther than I thought it was. I mean, you're tall, so it's a little less of a drop than it would have been for a, a non-tall person. But it was yeah, still crazy. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That was, that was good. That was good. But that, to me, is a testament to those guys, because I would never try to pull that move off without guys that I know get it and have fun and have a sense of humor. And there's nobody like that more than definitely uh, Sammy and Michael. I mean, they're just yeah. – uh, they're just the best. And I was just, like I said, just with Michael last week, and uh, so we spent some great time together talking, and um, I got to see him, so that was great. Uh, speaking of, you know, every time I bring up chicken foot to those guys, they blame the lack of chicken foot activity squarely on you. You know on that, me. right? Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, it's all my fault. Well, they won't, they won't play with I Aaron off. I started the band, so it was, it was really – um, you know, we, it was 
I've been in Cabo for a few years, and that's when I met Sam. And me and Mike and Sam would jam at his club, and and we had a great time. And then, um, you know, when you do that, you play with other people. Hey, we should do something sometime. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. But you know, often that doesn't happen. But um, when the Chili Peppers finished uh, our stadium arcadium tour in 2007, I said, and we said, look, we're going to take a year off, no Chili Peppers, no nothing. We've been working for 10 years. Let's just do nothing Chili Pepper related for a year. And I told Sam, I said, if, you know, if you want to do something, now would be the time because I don't, I'm, I, you know, my my day gig is, is on hiatus. He goes, great. Okay, let's do it, man. And and he's like, well, we need to get a real guitar player, though. And I said, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. He goes, well, I'll get Joe. And I'm like, you'll get Joe, Joe who? And he's like, Joe Satriani. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's get Joe. That guy's pretty good. That'll be great. Yeah, I know. That'll work. San Francisco. <laughs> so it was my, you know, I'm not saying it's my band, but it was my idea to start the band, but always knowing, look, I am in this other band, you know, and this will just be a, like a thing to do and a one-off, and we'll see what happens. And we had a jam in Vegas with Joe and it was so fun and we was like let's write some songs and boom it happened really fast and we made a record everybody loved it we went on tour and then after that I was I was like dude I got to go back to my other my other job and so yeah it's very convenient for Sam <laughs> to be like oh yeah I can't do shit and chili peppers but you know he's I don't know how motivated he is I think he's his priorities have shifted. He's, you know, likes his booze company and his and his, uh, you know, stuff that he does. His other um, going out uh, and playing the hits with the circle and yeah, the booze with Adam exactly. Levine. He's, he's, you know, hey, he's almost seventy years old, man. I gotta give it to him. You know, well, I, it's amazing. Whatever, whatever makes you happy, he still sings his ass off. But yeah. you know, Joe obviously has his career, and and um, you know, we all got different stuff going on. But I did just talk to him yesterday, and. And um, he was like, because I just played, actually, I just played on Joe's solo album, which comes out next year. And he heard some of it. And he was like, oh, man, you sound so great. And Joe sounds so great. And I think it, it kind of like, you know, kind of inspired him a little bit. He's like, we should just get together like we did the first time and, and just, you know, throw some stuff out and just have a real loose kind of jam album and make an EP and, and, and you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, let's do it. I'm in. So who knows? Yeah, well, there could be more chicken foot in the future when we're all in the same, you know, room for more than three days or something. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hope you guys have been checking out Alone. It is back with a crazy new twist, and being together never felt so alone. Yep, Alone is back for its fourth season, and this time around, some of the rules have changed. Ten hardcore survivalists will still be dropped into the unforgiving wilderness, but that is where the similarities with previous seasons ends. That's right, these 10 participants, they're comprised of five competing teams, brothers, fathers, and sons, and a married couple who all have unbreakable bonds. Alone is really pretty amazing. The competitors, they'll be split apart, dropped off as individuals, equipped with their 10 items, five each. 
In order to win the game, they must mobilize, find each other, and survive on the island together longer than the other competing pairs. And they'll face all those extreme isolation and psychological distress, both individually and together, as they plunge into the unknown. At stake, $500,000 awarded to the team that can last the longest. This season also brings viewers back to North Vancouver Island, where the threat of predators is fiercer than last season. And the weather is the harshest they've seen yet. You got to check it out alone, you guys. It's really amazing. Really check it out. Tune in to all new episodes of Alone, Thursdays, 10, 9 Central on History. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. You know, Chad, before the break, you were talking about Sammy and him about he's about to be 70 years old. And uh, I have never gone to one of the Cabo things as much as I, I know Sammy and, and love the guy. He sent me a text uh, about a week ago. He said, get ready for October. Have your passport. And then Michael sent me one saying, have your passport ready. Uh, <laughs> I think this thing with him and I said to him, I mean, I hear legend about these parties. But how? What do you do for seventy? I mean, do you take the whole area over? I mean, I can't even imagine how many of those have you gone to over the years. Um, the first time I met him was at one of his birthday bashes that he's been doing. I don't know for how since the nineties. I don't know, but um, I've been to a few of them. We played a couple, and I've been at them. But the first one, um, I just bought my house down there because. It was funny. I was on the airplane and, and going down there. Just I was checking in, checking. I think I was checking out my house or something. And I knew about Cabo Wabo and everything, you know. But I'd never been there because I'd just been down there on vacation, real quick, back and forth. And Jerry Cantrell's on the plane. I know Jerry and a couple other people. And they, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going. We're going down to play at the uh, Cabo Wabo tonight. It's Hagar's birthday party. Oh, cool. You should come down. All right. So. About, you know, I go checking my house. Everything's great. I go down there about 9 o'clock or something. <clears throat> and I turn the corner, the block that it's on, and it's just packed. Packed. The sidewalk's packed with people, partying, drinking, loud, crazy. Like, I'm just like, you know, kind of sleepy. And then you turn the corner, and it's like Vegas. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I... I Jesus Christ, I kind of make my way to the front of the line, and I go and I talk to the bouncer, and I said, um, and there's a big screen outside, and it's Tommy Lee and and, and, and Jerry Cantrell, all these people are playing, and I was like, holy shit. And I said, uh, you know, I'm friends with Jerry, and he told me to come down, and who are you? I said, oh, my name's Chad, so the people in line are like, hey, Julie Peppers, hey, Will Ferrell, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and the guy's like, give me your license. I'm like, uh, okay. So I give him my license. It's Mexico. Give him my license. Guy takes off. I'm standing there. I'm like, okay. Comes back five minutes later. Sammy wants to see you right now upstairs. Like, okay. And so I go up there, and Sam's like, oh, man, Chad, dude. I love the chili peppers. He's, we're hitting it off. We're doing That's shots. the first time you meet him? That's the yeah. first time you ever met him? Ever met him. And and he's like, you should come up and play and jam. 
you know, and I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I go, I, 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 I was pretty honest with him. I go, I got to tell you, I don't know a lot of like the Van Halen, Sammy era stuff, but I know the whole first Montrose album. He goes, great, we'll do it. <laughs> so I'm up there, Rock Candy, Rock the Nation, Bad Motor Scooter. We're doing like half of the whole album, some James Brown, some Zeppelin, The Doors. I'm up there for like 45 minutes having the greatest time. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> People going fucking nuts. Place is packed. I mean, he's the mayor down there. I mean, yeah. he could be the mayor. If I mean, he may obviously put it on the map as far as, you know, it was oh, yeah. a sleepy little Mexican fishing village, and, you know, with a bunch of gangsters and stuff. And, and um, you know, Sam Sam's the king down there. So um, that started our whole relationship. But, yeah, if you haven't been to one, man, the 70 would be the one to go to. I mean, I'm no, sure no, it would be a blowout. Like, I mean, I've been down there playing with, you know, everybody, Nugent, Toby Keith, yeah. you know, he's Sam's friends with these country guys, Kenny Chesney and Nickelback, all kinds of people. Just um, you never know who's going to show up. Yeah, well, they both both Sam and Mike have texted me in the last week, and they're like, "Get ready." So we'll see what I'm in store for. Hopefully, it'll come off. I would love to actually do one, and uh, this it's could fun. be it at seventy. It, it should be should be massive. Hey, It'll couple be quick things out. before I before I let you go. A couple people asked me to ask you about what you did on stage the other day with the whole Michigan, Ohio state thing. <laughs> yeah. In Columbus. Yeah. I ingratiated myself to the local crowd there. At the, uh, <laughs> Ohio state. Well, I grew up in Michigan, right? So I'm a Detroit boy. And, uh, ever since I was a little kid, I just, I supported U of M football because they had the coolest, I think still do in any sport, the coolest helmets. I love the Michigan helmets, the stripes, and, 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 you know, just a young kid just in Michigan in the 70s, they they ruled the Big Ten. It was Michigan and Ohio State were and still are huge rivals, one of the biggest rivals in, maybe in college sports. So every year, or not every year, whenever we go and play in Ohio State, it's not the first time, so they should have known it was coming. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a Michigan bass drum head, right, with the big M, Michigan. <laughs> Right, so I put that on, especially for that. We played the. Uh, there's another festival a year ago, Rock on Rock on the Range, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming and, up next uh, weekend. Same yeah, thing, you know. And so, but you know, you're there, and it's Chili Pepper fans, you know. So everybody's there. Most of the people, hopefully, like us and 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 are into it. And we had a great show, a lot of fun. And at the end, I'm like, oh, Happy Mother's Day, and. You know, oh, I, oh, you know, hey, thanks for coming. And everybody's cheering, and then I walked in. And I'm, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. We have one more song. Yay! And I said, that, yeah, I think you guys, you guys probably know this one. Sing along if you want. And I start singing the Michigan fight song. <laughs> and I think they were a bit in shock because it took like ten seconds for the booze to start raining down. But you know, I got the mic, so yeah. See, I love that. I I don't follow I don't follow college, but I follow pro, and I'm a I'm a massive New York Giants fan, and I absolutely despise my most hated team in all sports is the Dallas Cowboys. So for me, and that's a big rivalry right there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I yeah, love when you like wear that in college. Yeah, 
Yeah, I wear it on your. I wear it on my sleeve like that as well. I did a. I did something in Dallas once at a club called Trees not long ago, and the Giants were playing the Cowboys that Sunday, and it was like a Saturday night, and I zinged them right before I walked off stage at the end too. And you got you got to have a sense of humor. That's what being a fan is about, you know. Exactly, exactly, and and I think Eddie, that's the only place it's okay to hate is in is in sports where you yeah. can hate the other team, right? I yes, mean, and- you know, I don't like hate the people. I just hate the team. Because yes, I'm loyal to my team. I don't want them to win. I hate you guys. you got to have that kind of, you know, killer instinct. And, and I think it, they just uh, – they're so sensitive, those Buckeyes. I, so couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And I get into it on fo- in football season with fans on social media about this. It's like, oh, you shouldn't do – do we have to become so PC that you can't even hate a rival in sports? Not right. in a personal way, but that's what you're supposed to do. That's exactly right. As a Giants fan, I, in order of hatred, I hate the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins. That's what you're supposed to do. I would expect those three teams to hate my team. That's right. a rivalry. Right. That's the fun of it. Yeah, I don't wish exactly. them ill. Like, I don't. I, I don't wish I, somebody I, to fall off a cliff. No, and it's like I think that's like that's what it should be. It should be like, and I and I appreciate other people's loyalty to their team. Yes, I'm from Detroit. And I'm a Detroiter. I support all the Detroit teams, the Red Wings, the Pistons, the Tigers, the Lions, the long-suffering Lions. Well, you got to feel my pain on that one. Yeah, yeah. I support our teams. And, and, and when I joined the Chili Peppers, I was a you know, I'm diehard Pistons fan and, and Flea and Anthony, diehard Laker. Just, just like you know, Lakers, <laughs> especially Flea. Like you know, he's got this floor seats. He's like Lake. He was freaking out on the lottery yesterday. They got the second pick. He was so happy when we played the gig. He's looking at me. We got number two. We got number two. <laughs> <laughs> and like so, you know, it was the it was eighty nine ninety, and the Pistons were playing the Lakers in the finals. You know, Magic Johnson versus Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambier, all the, and and. It was, it was, it was brutal. (laughs) We were just like, we were not so friendly for about two weeks. weeks. I get it, man. There's people. That's what it is. You guys are better. Next year, that kind of stuff, you know, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's it's, it's a, that's a healthy thing. And you mentioned a key word, loyalty to your team. There's nothing worse than front runners. So if you are a true, loyal, through thick and thin fan of your team, even if I hate the team, I respect that. I cannot and never could stand, going back to when I was a little kid, the front runners that just jump on when the getting's good. Yeah. But if you're if you're true and loyal to your team, do what you got to do to support them. I think that's that's awesome. Hey, um, before I let you go, one other guy, we have a, another very good mutual friend that we didn't touch on, and that's uh, Mr. Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, who yeah. you've done some great records with lately, and he's getting ready to go do Black Country Communion again, but I know yep. you're on his latest album, Resonate, and you've done some some other great solo records with him again uh, in the last few years especially. Um, how did you first meet Glenn? When did you guys first come together? Oh, uh, God, 2003, 2004. Three, I think, right around there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you know the Nam show that happens every year? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and um, he was uh, performing for some Nam show thing where where it's a trade show, and then afterwards they have performances by people. And the company that I use, a symbol company that I use, was sponsoring some gig, and. 
they asked me if I wanted to play with Glenn Hughes. And I was like, not the dead guy from the village people? You mean the other Glenn Hughes? <laughs> and they're like, from Deep Purple Glenn Hughes? They're like, yeah. And I grew up on, you know, Burn and Stormbringer and all those records. And I was like, right. Oh, I was like, I was turned into like a 14 year old. I was like, Oh man, that would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. I would love to. So we met and, and rehearsed for the thing and played mistreated and a couple other songs. And, and, uh, it, we just clicked like immediately, like playing and he has a funk background kind of, you know, and, and he's, he was amazing. And, and, uh, we just clicked, you know, personally and musically, and we've been best, friends since i mean he's the godfather to my first child and and i played on you know three or four or five of his records produced a couple with him and and he's just an amazing talent and i was so happy i got to be there when he was in the hall of fame a couple of years ago and yep um you know just a credible talent and uh you know in america people don't know him as much now you know in europe he's a little more uh, known, I think, but um, you know, for the people that don't know who Glenn Hughes is, go go look him up, and and he's just uh, he's a real unique talent, and and as you know, sweetheart, and an amazing, amazing person. Yeah, one of the best, and I'll tell you, if people you talk about hitting it hard, Glenn Hughes made Motley Crue look like choir boys <laughs> back in the seventies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, guy had God. him on for it, and he's you know, oh yeah, I mean it's he's remarkable. I mean, Eddie's got you know, I'm sure you've come across people with really good stories but man he's still alive it's pretty crazy you know the the shit that he did and stuff that he's uh somehow come out on the other side and it's amazing but and he well here's the other thing the other thing is not only is it amazing he's still alive yeah but it is amazing the guy can still sing circles around anyone and is an unbelievable musician and bass player but which is often overshadowed because his voice is so drop dead stunningly amazing yeah but he he's an underrated bass player for sure and he's a freak he's just one of those freaks that like you know a freak of nature in a way of i'm talking about the singing like i've been with him and it's like okay we're getting ready to play and he'll go and then he'll go on stage that's his warm-up yeah, and like he no. just has that gift of God from God, and he can sing, and it's so soulful and so amazing. Um, but talk about his bass playing, Joe Tatriani. Like I said, we just did his solo album, and Glenn's playing bass on it, just bass, not singing, just playing bass. And oh wow! Yeah, so the next, so Joe's solo album has me and Glenn as a rhythm section, and it's uh, it's uh, it's not bad. He should add. Uh, he should add Glenn sing one because Joe. You know, that, that's what I was like. You have Glenn Hughes on your album, and you're, you're not going to have him sing at all. Really? <laughs> pretty good singer. I don't know. <laughs> you know, Joe kind of smiled at me. He's like, "Yeah, I know, but you know, this guy, my thing." I'm like, "Okay, man, but you know, this guy is pretty good." He Joe sang a couple songs on his own records. I know. Not, not a lot, I know. But a couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't I think his audience know, could handle maybe, one. I don't know what happened, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was there, we were just tracking, and it was it was a blast. We had so much fun. So um, yeah, Glenn, yeah, he's uh, one of a kind, man. Yeah, he is. 
Well, listen, man, it's great to spend some time with you. I really appreciate you taking – this was long overdue, taking some time out and uh, and hanging out. And I, Where are you living now? Because I saw you at that Bonzo Bash a couple years ago in Jersey, and I think at that time you mentioned you had a place in New Jersey or New York too, right? I was in New York, yeah, Gramercy Park. I was living there then. That's right. That's right. Um, no, we so moved – my wife's from New York, so she wanted to kind of be in the city for a while, and, and I'm more of a California boy, so um, – you know, one too many brutal New York winners, and I was like, um, "I love you, but we got to go back to California." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, my work is there at a band and this and that. But so we moved back in 2014. But we do have a place in Montauk at the end of Long Island. Okay. So well, we I know you're scared. Summertime and stuff, and 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 it's great. It's a good time to be there. But um, um, yeah, those bombs of bashes are fun. I haven't been able to do the last few, a couple of them. But yeah, the ones in New York, I remember. Yeah, we're, we're great, and uh, those are always fun. That's right. I remember you and Carmine, right? Right, Carmine, who hosted but didn't want to play. Why would he not want to play? That. He didn't want to play. He said he really? wanted to host it and didn't want to play. Yeah, and they actually made and I can't play drums, and they made me play. <laughs> that's right. I remember so you get, at the end when everyone had like a yeah. a little j- yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. I just hit a bunch, made a bunch of noise. I was like, ah, yeah. Was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah, right. it was a fun time. That was yeah, a fun time. Yeah, I'm a frustrated. Brian does a good job with that stuff. I don't know, that's yeah, a lot of work, man. He's and he does them at the Nam show now. I think actually. Yep. And now he yeah. does a Randy Rhodes one with guitar players, and he's 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 like uh, you know a Rush Cup. one. Yeah. yeah. A couple years ago, they, I, he was asking me to do. I couldn't do, but but man, that's like it's you're trying. It's like hurting you know a giant army of cats. It's like you know a hundred people, and stuff. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does. David Coverdale said to me once, he said, Edward, what what happened to your friend Brian? He goes, the Tishmaster, he was in the snake, and then he left to go be the king of the tribute bands. <laughs> how do you like I, my new snake? You know, Glenn, I said, Glenn makes fun, you know, they, him and Coverdale obviously go way back, and yeah. he makes, he, he makes a, a he, he loves him, but he's like, you know, when I met David Coverdale, he came down from the Midlands somewhere. He was a brummy. He talked like this, and yeah, all right. And then all of a sudden, he's like, and then he joined <laughs> Deep Purple, and he's like, yeah, so. <laughs> all of a sudden, he was, you know, proper Queen's English and everything. It's so funny. But, um, yeah, that's Brian, you know. he's in He's in the Dead Daisies now, right? Yeah, he is. Yep, they're out there doing their thing now too. Brian is. You need a scorecard to keep up with Brian. He's always going one direction or another. But he's oh, yeah. he's one of my Same favorite Mike, drummers. Super Mike talented Portnoy. guy. Got like Nine thousand bands. I don't know how those guys do it. <laughs> Portnoy's in L.A. doing an- Mike too. He's he's he's. I'm like Jesus, man. <laughs> you and and Kenny. I mean, these guys don't like to be home. <laughs> I know. They, don't, they, they don't like to be. I love to be at home. Okay, I I, I have to I, before we go. I'm, I'm yeah. my, my guy. I know that on on that metal show, you used to do, it was try to stump. Yeah. Right. Stump the trunk. Yep. You, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. All right. You piss probably easy for you, but since I'm a drummer, I was thinking, I'm gonna ask you a drummer question. Which drummer played in the Mothers of Invention, Frank Zappa's band? Also played. Um, on the David Bowie Diamond Dogs record and did that tour. Also played uh, in Journey, original member of Journey. 
also played on, speaking of Coverdale, the White Snake album with Here I Go Again, recorded on that record. Done lots of stuff, but I'll just leave it at that for now. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ainsley Dunbar. God, that's so who easy. Just, I gave you a softball. Bam! Who just went into the Hall of Fame with as with a Journey. member of Journey. They inducted him. They included him, which I thought was great. Well, he's a, he's an, a founding member. Yeah, that, I think that's kind of their... There, at least for us, that was the rule. They were like, if you're a founding member, it's so interesting how they decide who gets to get in, and they just kind of make up their own rules as it goes, like somebody we know that's in the administration in the White House right now. But he, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, it was founding member, had to play on more than two, or no, had to play on at least two records, or and or a current member. That's what it was for us. So Josh Klinghoffer, our guitar player right now, at the time when we were inducted, 2012, is the youngest member of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. And Dave Abrusais, if you say his name right, from Pearl Jam, yeah. got royally screwed because yeah, he, he meets played, all those he qualifications. Played, he played more than two records. And the big ones. He's on the hugest records, yeah. and they didn't include him. I know. I know. Well, I mean, there's no right. It's nuts. Issue. They're the Spinal Tap drummer issue thing. Where they've had a bunch of drummers, but yeah, it, it. Well, you know, and then look at Kiss and all these other bands. They just figure out they, 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 you know, what the Hall of Fame just decides who they want to put in, and then they, you know, they tell you. It wasn't like, yeah, I know, we didn't have an option. It was like we'd love to put Dave Navarro in. He's in the band for five years. He only made one record, but he was in our band. It was it was a big part of our band. Yeah, and they were like, no. Well, listen, man, um, I got to run. I appreciate the time. This is awesome. I hope that around your schedule and mine, we can do this again soon. And that anytime. Because I know you were just out in L.A. and I wasn't. But maybe the next time or next time you're in New York, it'd be great. I appreciate or I do the show from L.A. sometime, I'll hit you up. But I would love to have you sit in for the whole show and just do what we're doing. I mean, yeah. these are my favorite shows. We're just, you know, just shooting the shit and, and yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, all yeah, these man. great, Absolutely. great stories. So anytime you want to call in, and of course, hopefully we can hook it up that you can sit in, whether it's New York or L.A. or wherever I may be. And uh, safe travels out there. I know you got a ways to go yet on this tour with the, the Chili Peppers, both in the U.S. and then jumping out of, the, out of America as well. Right now, dates on your website going into October already. So so yeah, a yeah, busy yeah. time out there on the road. And uh, my best to the guys and, and safe travels to you, man. Thank you, Eddie. Nice talking to you, All right, you, Chad. Brother. You okay. too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, buddy. Okay, bye. See bye. you. Thanks to Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers for joining me on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Much appreciated. As always, new episodes every Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes. The podcast is produced by Katie Irizarry. Follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, eddietrunk.com is the website. Next week, the guest is Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon. Have a great week, everybody, and thanks for listening.
Tobin, Kelsey Knight, and Jack Vanek. And we are the Lady Gang, as in the Lady Gang podcast. And this summer, we have something extra special, not just celebrity interviews, but we are helping you Lady Gang your life slash get your together. What do we have coming up, Kelsey? Hormone expert, nutrition expert, fitness expert, sex expert, dermatologists, people shooting up your faces with syringes, telling us what it's all about. It's all the important things you need to lady gang your life. Every Tuesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts.